chain charts, he feel till a sign boy, but a snake can't be cool. Yes, yes, people, one step away from here. This is S, your host today. This is season two. Hopefully you had a listen to the first episodes and get a little flavour of what we're doing here. This week, this episode is about parenting. More than just DNA. Yeah? So guys, have a little think back to season one. We talked about role models. We talked about key people in our lives. Yeah? What I want to ask you guys is, how has that shaped the way that you do your parenting, whether that be with your own child, whether that be with a, pe- a child in your community, a child within your family. I'll put that to you guys. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a sick question. Me myself, off the bat, I haven't got any kids, but I've got roughly about seven godchildren, various yeah. ages. So, um, well, I think definitely does definitely does take a village to raise a child, and to raise a child properly. Um, it's not easy that's one thing I could say I've seen from what I can see it's not easy being a parent and in terms of everyone's different everyone has different styles for me the, the, the basis is just installing a good moral compass I think that's that's baseline once you could do that then boom you're on your way Okay, I like that. The moral compass thing that stands well with me. I like that. M, what's your response to this? Uh, simply based on experiences, um, and linking back in, into uh role models and, and things like that, it's just about uh levels of discipline mixed with mm-hmm. authority, mixed with fun, mixed with humor, especially mixed with love. Uh, and direction and compassion if you mix all them together then that should give you a base but the first few ones that I mentioned like the discipline and authority that needs to be installed regardless of how much you want to be a friend or how much you feel you've got to be nice there has to be a level of that or there may be problems later on down the line 100 100 I like how you picked up there the discipline and but that that there for me discipline you wouldn't discipline that person if you didn't care and love for them but how you said it, the most important in love and the mixture of that love that mm. love that yes Kate yes um, yes yes um, for me um, when it comes down to parenting um, completely fully support what M says fully support what Jay says um, my aspect of it is about Parenting is about you being able to create um, a improved version of yourself. Um, that is the whole purpose of uh, having offspring. Um, that is the whole purpose of uh, them having inheritance. Um, so they start at a better position than when you did. Um, just as our parents um, will leave us inheritance and our grandparents will leave our parents inheritance and such and so forth. And the ideation for me of what parenting uh, encompasses is that you shave off whatever negative um, aspects. You can't get rid of them all. I guess we'll go into that a little bit later in terms of trauma and negative aspects, emotions, uh, inherited trauma. Um, But we we want to shave off any negative aspect of ourselves and and our character within our children. 
and we want our children to take on the positive aspects of ourselves um, and then add on to that so they become their own independent own unique being but an improved version of you um, so that's where my parenting um, comes from yes it includes love and respect and all this that and following rules and authoritarian and all stuff like that um, but the reality is they should be better than you and if they are not then I would question where that parenting went wrong or where that child steered him or herself wrong okay I like that like that type of ground in there that speaks again that speaks volumes these volumes to me resonates and rings so many bells yes t let me hear your thoughts yes 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 um so all of you guys raised a few good points there discipline love uh it takes a village to raise a kid um and i like what k just said i was off the same mindset of when you bring children into this world want them to be better however if i can add on that you also mm-hmm. have to be better yourself 100 what i mean by that is having a child shouldn't be a decision taken lightly as we see nowadays you're bringing life to this world that means your decisions should be calculated financially, roof over their heads, and also maturity on yourself. Now we can go into that a little bit later, whether we have a choice in that or not, but that's how I see it. Now, I should be able to say, I will lay my life down for that child. No questions asked. Right? Mm-hmm. Which means when that seed comes in, I have to sacrifice myself, my needs, that, that has to be put on hold. Because that's the only way, like Kay said, you get them to be the better version of yourself. I hear that. I hear that. You, you know what? That was big in the game, Dead mm-hmm. and, and, and I have to throw this in now um, for the people then. Yeah, man. Uh, considering what you said there, T, about it's a mature choice and uh, you need to improve yourself, you need to mature yourself, you need to be ready and planned to have this child. That's an ideal situation, of course. Um, if, if the ideal is to be much mature, planned and ready and improve yourself to have, in order to bring that child and raise them to be a better version of, of yourself, then what does everyone here think about the legal age of, of, of um, sex within the UK? Because technically, the legal age of sex says that you're legally allowed to have sex and the result of sex is likely to be pregnant. That's subjective in itself, I suppose. Like, for me personally, on the back of that, um, I think it goes a lot within what kind of grounding you've had as a child, what type of parenting you've received as a child, um, how aware or open you are to worldly issues, um, your mindset, all those kind of things. And this is not just about thinking about having children to me. This is thinking you thinking about having sexual intercourse with another person. Like the mindset there and all the all the other pressures that you have to be aware of. Me personally, I think 16 is too low. Um, if I can jump in, I think probably this would be a, a different podcast. Reason yeah, I hear that. that. <laughs> if we start going on to <laughs> onto this, there's a lot of um 
avenues we can take with this, right? We can talk about sex, how we know sex is compared to other people. Now, we know it's not just boom, bam, done. That's it. Yeah. We know there's there's emotions that are involved in this and also can create their own traumas. So I think for the the best of this episode, (laughs) let's part this one. (laughs) We can discuss it another time. That's for another podcast. See it there. Yeah, man. I like that. I like that little combined, I like that little flavour, a little opening in the door there. We made some good points there. Takes a village to raise a, uh, a child. We're gonna we're gonna touch on that a bit later in this episode. Right. Moving on to the next bit. Bit of a controversial one, I suppose. There's a lot of things are happening in society. Things are changing, roles are changing, the definitions are changing. Do you man feel there's still a need for specific roles as a mother or a father? That's hard hitting, man. Um, <laughs> uh, modern society is an interesting, um, uh, a, a interesting, uh, I guess, melting pot. And it's mm-hmm. always ever, ever changing and it's not necessarily planned, but then it seems to move in a direction. So it almost is planned, if it makes sense. Um, I'm, I'm not a person to believe it's coincidental in terms of how different societies, different cultures turn up or, or, or their developmental stages. Um, what we're really touching on is, is, is sociology, isn't it? That's what we're really touching on when we, when we talk, talk about this, how our parents socialised, what's their norms and um, how is that changing over time? Um, so um, I just want to read a little excerpt um, in regards to... Uh, this is recent developments, but the book um, was written in 2006. And this is from um, Anthony Giddens, and this is Sociology, the fifth edition. Um, so this is about recent developments, and it's quite, um, it's quite relevant to this day um, once, once I read these out. These are seven points. It says recent developments. The first one is clans and other kin groups are declining in their influence. So your individual culture within a wider society, the influence of that individual culture has less influence than the greater society itself. Two, there is a general trend towards free selection of spouse. No arranged, um, that's that's less likely or less less favored. We want, no, I want to choose my own partner. Um, and I'm going to, going to go out there and experiment and go clubbing and go on dating sites and keep trying and trying until I find the perfect person that I, I am one. And then I'm going to have a whole trail or list of people who I've been with on an intimate level um, in the finding of my final partner. Uh, part three, it says the rights of women are becoming more widely recognised in respect to um, both the initiation of marriage and decision making within the family. I will not explain further on that one number four arranged marriages are becoming less common what i previously said five higher levels of sexual freedom for men and women and developing in societies that were very restrictive so um this is about the stigma um of having um multiple sexual partners um before you find your final partner that stigma is lessening it's expected to meet someone. They will have a list of people who they've been with. You know, might not necessarily want to know who they are <laughs> unless they have children by them. Um, so you kind of keep that hush-hush and you just pretend um, it's starting from ground zero with you and your partner. The sixth one states, there is a general trend towards the extension of children's rights 
And um, this is a very sticky one for parents, um, parents mm -hmm. to, to be. Um, the child has almost got more power than the parent within the household. And I say that um, because of uh, the law and children's rights and children's act and social, social services and, uh, um, and uh, uh, the almost uh, prying eyes of the school. Mm -hmm. um, that, that can have a major impact on your household. Um, so there's no private, uh, there's no private uh, or, or no privacy in, in regards to parenting nowadays. Whether that's good or bad, I'm not saying. I'm just saying that is what the recent development is. Um, and finally, there is an increased acceptance of same-sex partnerships. Um, so we can talk about the whole marital law uh, being changed. We can talk about the law of adoption. Um, also where same-sex partners can actually adopt children. And also we can, we, we can talk about um, surrogate mothers um, who, are, who, who then um, hold the child and then the child will be uh, what's called uh, passed over to the same-sex couple um, after. Um, so there's, there's, different, there's different developments in society to what a household or a family unit should or shouldn't be. So I just want to share that with the people and share that with ourselves to kind of, kind of give us a grounding on the, mm -hmm. on, on the, on the social motion of um, a family household and the roles of, where, um, of what parents have with, within that household. Um, so using that to conclude, um, I would say definitely the roles of parents have completely changed. Um, there, there is no age old uh, woman in the kitchen clean, cooking and cleaning and looking after the kids while the man goes out there and works um, to bring the bread home. Um, that has changed massively. And I think it had to change um, you, we can talk about financial mm -hmm. aspects, um, which is major, um, especially with in, inflation um, and especially with home ownership. You kind of need a partner who's working to really get into home ownership. Um, so there's so many different aspects. I, I don't want to cover them all, but there's so many different aspects to think about when we talk about the roles of, of, of our parents. Um, I think gender has become less and less a, a factor than what it used to be. Okay. No, I like that. That's a nice piece of rounding there. I like that because it is it is important for us to remember in this question that there's so many facets to it, and sociology is going to be a massive part of it because that's your environment. That's that's what you're interacting with day in day out. That's what you're questioning the, your morals against uh, day in day out. Or if someone comes across you and sees you parenting in a certain way, just normally in in a in a, in a park, you're disciplining your child. You're, you're almost getting judged. You're almost getting eyes, and that's 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 the part of the, also part of the stigma. If you made made some real good points there. Thanks for sharing that with us, Kate. Mm -hmm. Um. So I just want to touch on what Kay said there about kids getting uh, more rights, yeah. um, almost more than the, the parents. It's funny that this has come up again because we touched on that, didn't we? On are we being conditioned to fail in season one, mm -hmm. uh, episode 10. Now, this one is, uh, is a bit emotive, I'm sure, mm -hmm. for most parents out there. right? Because here's the thing about Rose. Now, they're... I understand what Kay was saying about we have to be careful how we look at some roles because of how society has changed and we now require both parents to be working to actually own a home. However, I have this analogy. We've got the Euros 2020 or 2021 now going, yeah? Yeah. Now, imagine a team, say England, had a whole team full of strikers. No midfield, okay. no defenders. 11 players, all strikers. 
How would yeah. that team fare? Well, for me, it's unbalanced. It's a rhetorical question. So we'll, we'll <laughs> let that hand. Yeah, we'll let that hand. Viewers and listeners, think about it. Yeah. Now, there are roles that we can do together as mm-hmm. a partnership, right? As a family. There are roles where, you know, I'll do this today, you do that tomorrow, vice versa, I'll cook today, you cook tomorrow. No worries. But there are specific roles where it goes against our nature. Okay. And for me, those are the roles that are proving more problematic than anything else. Because that's in our DNA. We can't change it. As much as we like to think we can reinvent the wheel, we cannot. It's imprinted in our inner DNA. Some things are. There's nothing you can do to change it. Now, what happens then when you start muddling in those imprinted nature? You get chaos. You get a dysfunctioning family. You get social services involved. Your kids get the worst of that. Mm-hmm. Bear that in mind. 100. Your kids, Bear that in mind. We, we said from the start, your kids need to be better than you. You have to sacrifice to make sure your kids are in that position. But what happens when this starts happening? Well, let's take a look at where the world is right now, where the country is right now, shall we say. Bring it more to home. And then we can go from there. I hear that. I hear that. I like that. It, 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 concise. I like that. You made some passionate points there, T. Real passionate points there, T. Jay, talk to me. Yeah, I agree with what everyone's been saying. Um, just want to echo that. For me, basic is you need a man to teach a boy how to be a man. And you need a woman to teach a girl how to be a woman. I mean, in my circumstance, I was raised by a single mother. She played the mother role. And at times she played the father role. But it was just how it was. But I think it is, as Kay said, today the roles have been, it's not traditional as we know it. So a need might not be a need, but I still think there's a necessity to have those, especially good role models in each of each gender being in the home to show the future generation what it is to be a man, what it is to be a woman, regardless of however they identify. Okay. And let me get your flavor. So I've got something I'm going to add to the end of this. To, I, I, I yeah. need to get your flavor first. Yeah, I agree, especially uh, just on the last comments from Jay. Um, I definitely believe there still needs to be, uh, or there's still a need for specific roles. Um, it's simple. Uh, um, a, a mother, or most mothers, actually, uh, they have certain quali- They have certain qualities uh, as what a father does, but they have different qualities because that's the difference. That's what differentiates a man and a woman. They have different qualities that they can bring to the table. Um, no matter how good a single, and just touching on what Jay said again, 
no matter how good a single parent is or how good they can be. And I'm talking about uh, a male female relationship in this, in this essence, as a, because that's all I know, to be fair. Um, a child needs both sides. If you've never been, if you've never been a boy, if you've never been a teenage boy, if you've never been a man, then how on earth are you supposed to bring one up in the world with all the qualities that they need, all the necessities, all the experiences that they're going to go through and vice versa with a, with a, with a daughter. So that's where the roles come into, come into play. Uh, just like Jay uh, said, I was mostly raised by my mother, done an amazing job, but even to this day, and me and my mother, mother have had many conversations about it, even to this very day, we have both identified that actually there's certain elements that just I couldn't, I wouldn't be able to get from her because yeah. that's my mum. You know what I mean? So in Western society, and I'll draw this down to the UK because this is where it's where we're based anyway. Generally, and I have to say generally before the PC police come, generally speaking, there seems to be a notion that both roles aren't needed. But this notion is normally founded on the not on the interest of children. Mm-hmm. Big. Just as, uh, and just to conclude, in terms of roles of a male and a female, or or mother or father, it's biblical. It it came from the start. It's it's written in terms of roles and responsibilities of a household, how a household should be. That's how I feel it should be in as much as it can be. Uh, so, yeah, I think there's definitely still a need for specific roles uh, and people to understand what their role is rather than thinking, you know, what, I'm going to take that role because it will give me more power. It will give me more finance. It will give me more holding in an argument. No, when you really cut it down into the interests of a child mm. and understanding their needs, then no one should really argue, unless it's a case where actually the input of said, whether it's mother or father, is actually det- detrimental, mm-hmm. whether it's safeguarding or just in terms of how all of that, all of those kind of things that actually could de- uh, hinder the child's development, then there's, that's a different story and a different podcast. But for the most part, from a general standing, there's definitely needs from both and even if you can't get it from your biological parent if there's someone there that can take the reins or someone there that is as there as a guardian uh it's, it's still essential to kind of have that input yeah that that resonates with me as well because i'm having the same i'm a big 31 year old man and i'm having these same conversations with my mother and more recently my father about what roles or what what qualities do I need to bring to the table that were not there when I was growing up? I was predominantly raised in a single parent household. And I'd say my mother did a good job. Same with, with the brothers that I'm here in, in the room. But for, for, for me, I'm having, I'm having to find a, a balance between not the whole best friend parent thing, but I want to be, I want to be approached. So, I mean, some, some, it's, some say it's more of a feminine thing to, uh, for the mum to do that kind of stuff and talk. But I do, I do want a bit, a bit of that within my thing. And that's, that's my learning. But quick little stat here for you. Um, 18.9, since the 2011 census, the last census just gone before the new one, 18.9% of 
of black households were made up of single parents with a dependent child. Yeah. Now, I'd say at one point we all fit within that fitted within that statistic, and that's been on, that's been on the rise, so to speak. That has been on the rise. So bearing that in mind, taking consideration the things that you you guys just said, how culturally has this impacted your upbringing of your children to be to be like compared to how you guys were brought up is there anything that you've you've you do differently at the moment i'll I'll jump on that one um the cultural difference between i'll say my mother's generation and my generation is that my mother uh she had kind of full control if that makes sense all the kids Mm -hmm. were in her home and that's where the family kind of the the strength and the bond was just solely there there was one hub there wasn't no we go to see like dad every weekend or every other weekend so she actually had more control and autonomy of the development of us the four children that were living in the house what happens now in this day and age is that there seems to be like a a power battle and a lot of times if relationships break down where it does become a singular or a broken family so to speak there seems to be uh, a fundamental weapon that is used uh, within that dynamic and that weapon is nine times out of ten normally the children so there's a culture now where it's kind of like men versus women or men are trash or mum's this mum's that social services or uh, child maintenance all these things are coming into play and it's, it's about kind of what can I get what can I get out of this unfortunate situation and a lot of times it's what's been overlooked is actually what do, does the child need the adults are thinking about what can I get how can I score points how can I do this and, and I've been a part of this as well don't get me wrong I'm not I'm not saying I've not been a part of these things that I'm talking about that's why I'm talking about it but there's a culture now and because of the freedom and going back to what Kay said at the start with all these dynamics that, that are now happening in society, it's easy to forget about the children. It's easy to kind of actually have thinking about your social status or your status amongst your friends and not, not showing face. And actually there's so many things that are changing uh, because we have more access to so many more things that is actually hindering the upbringing of children. That's again. That's down to socialization and changes of law, um, and um, it's it's created a culture. I guess is the best way to put it. It's created a culture of dependency, and and I've said this to my boys, beyond four, and I'll say it again for the purpose of this podcast and to the listeners out there. I believe that what has occurred during the changes in the recent developments of socialization is that the father has been removed from the home, whether it's physically or by role. And I say that because I believe that the new father is now the state. I believe that the state, the government plays the role of father. And I say, if you don't believe me, then do something wrong within the home as a man and you will see the real man turn up to remove you. Facts, yeah? That's the situation. If you don't believe me who the real father is of that household or who the real man is, turn up to a court and try and get custody of your children there's an automatic pass to a certain gender and, and a struggle or a proving 
to an, to another gender. I'm talking in general speak. There are specific cases where fathers do have full custody of, of their children, but in the most cases or in general, it's the women who have the custody of the children, whether it being because they are the better or worse, it's just because they are the maternal mothers and they just happen to have the side of, of the law. Now, on top of that, we can talk about benefits. There used to be a time where, well, not used to be, it's still happening now, where you get less benefits if you have two adults in the home and children. So say like you get 100% of benefits for having one mother or one parent and children, right? You get a certain amount of, of benefits. If another adult comes to live, you don't get 200% benefits. You get like 120 or 140%. So technically you're getting less because 100 is for one adult and the children is additional child benefits or stuff like that. If you get another adult put in, you only get an extra 30 to 40. This is just um, uh, off general speak, which means that's still another full grown adult. So you need another 100%. So you get less for having another person. So financially, if you're struggling as a single parent and you have a partner, you kind of don't want your partner to move in while you're on benefits unless they're working. Now say this person loses their job because of you know, the most recent time COVID or they're, they're on unfurlough or the business closes and they now lose their job. You are now not the other person's partner. You are an extra cost. Now, when someone looks at you as an extra cost, the decision is now gonna be financially based, not love and emotion and I love you and all this, that. If the bill can't get paid with you there, then there's going to be a pressure on a certain parent who has the law on their side more so than the other um, gender. There's going to be a bit of pressure to, if you don't step up or sort it out or be a man, then you might get pushed out. Now, if you do get pushed out, it actually financially benefits them. So it's not just a emotional thing, a relationship. And I've said this most recently in my new learning, my new experience, a relationship is a business agreement. And I say that it's a business agreement. There needs to be certain facets, certain values put in place, certain assets and resources. And if you can't put that on the table, if you can't pay the dividends, if you can't pay the stocks out, yeah, then you're likely to be leaving. And another business opportunity will, will turn up if you get my drift. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's that nanny state syndrome. Not a lot of people want to be in it, but when they're in it, I don't want to come off it because the fin it doesn't make financial sense. Doesn't make financial sense. That brings me nice to a point that actually coming up. That brings me real nice. Talking about blended families. I think that's the turn of the PC world use. Blended families. Can you uh, define it, please? Can I defend, define the blended yeah, what is, families? What is a blended family? For those that might not know. What, you don't have a blender? <laughs> so a blended family would be... A blended family would be a mother and a father splitting up and getting into new relationships, moving in with, with them, new relationships, cohabiting, I think the word is, and then sharing of children in space in the household. All right. which is on the rise. That type of family um, 
commitment, should we say, is on the rise. So cohabiting couples continue to grow faster than married couples and lone parent families. That's up 25% from 2008 to 2018. So they're one of the most fastest growing families going at, at the moment. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, it does. It does. When I was doing my reading and that with it about around it, and I think to myself, you'd think within your own friendship circles now, and even a bit wider than that, how many of people that you grew up with, parents are still together? Or on the flip side of that, have you how many you know that have even ever been together in the time that you've known that that child? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Is that becoming a norm? Yeah, I think the the habits of today's society, especially today's like dating society, is going to become normal now. People are going to find other partners, and because of how it is, it's okay. We have to co-parent, and just because I'm with someone doesn't mean you can't be with someone, and doesn't mean. I mean, as Em said earlier, a lot of people still use the children as weapons, but I think there's a growing community of both men and female who understand that it's for the best interests of the children so in that like everyone needs to be happy so everyone's gonna find another partner but that still means you get me everyone could still share and the child has different homes to go to and understand different dynamics i mean that comes with its own challenges i'm definitely sure <clears throat> but um Yes, it's it's gonna be more more typical in today and going forward. I think. Yeah, I don't know if I agree whether it's it's for the, the best of the child or the children. Um, having this blended family. Okay. Now, I go back to my point earlier when I said like people make decisions to have kids lightly, because if they didn't, you wouldn't be having kids with someone you actually cannot cannot live with. Now, it can go back to say how much of a choice do we have as men? I know our counterparts tell around, oh, you chose to live with a man so with, with a woman, so you know, you made a decision. But we know there's, there's more complexities involved than that. But to me, when you have a blended family, this is what happens. So I myself have got a child, got a daughter, four years old, right? I'm not in the home, right? Now, I do the utmost I can to make sure that I've got influence every weekend. It's not enough. So mm. when now you introduce a blended family now, the mother of my child has someone else. Someone else who will have different ideas of how they want to run their family, right? That may clash with what I've got as ideas, how I want my bloodline to continue, right? But because you're not in the house, and this other person now who's come in is now in the house. Now he's the head of the house now, yeah? I'm taking it as the old school role, because I'm old school. I still believe in the head of the family. That's how I see it. Now, that can cause issues because now a child has got conflicting information. You, the father, 
the biological father is saying, this is how I would like you to behave. This is how I want to mold your moral compass. And then another man can come in and say, actually, that won't be happening in my house. Or might not even say anything, might not reinforce what you are trying to, to put across. Now, as we know, kids always look for the easiest option. Now, if I'm the, the, the guy on the other side who's being more stricter, who's putting in discipline, who's putting in rules, and the other side ain't, guess what? You're on the losing side. So to me, this blended family, yeah, it's becoming the norm, but it's because I know I've gone the, the wrong way around it. It's because the emphasis on kids before marriage and actually getting to know people before you make that decision is completely shattered. What do you mean losing wow. side too? So I don't want to get too personal here. When I say losing side, mm. you'll get to a point when kids don't want to come to yours because mm. you're strict. Mm-hmm. Right, you get to a point where the other side is more fun, right? Because we both know when, like you said, when people are trying to score points, they use kids. What do they do? They play mind games. Kids are too young to understand what's happening, so the other side will do their utmost to make it fun. Then you get them on the weekend. It's right, okay. You're not doing that. You're doing this. Yes, please. Thank you. Right, you're not having. Let's take chocolate for example. All kids love chocolates, right? Now, yeah. if you said to your child, "You're not having chocolate at 10 a.m. in the morning," and the other side says, "You can have chocolate whenever you want," guess what? You're on the losing side. That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah, I hear. I see. I I kind of knew that, but I thought just to kind of clarify that and make that transparent to kind of or the uh, listeners and people that may be going through the same thing as well. Um, the only thing I would say to that is it might seem like you're on the losing side uh, on the short term, but I always believe in consistency will be the winner. Uh, just from I can echo a lot of the things that you said there in terms of differences. I'm, I'm in a blended family at, right now. However, all through my life, all through growing up, and even to this day, in terms of what how I'd want my children to go down, I'd always say that I've always stated that I believe that in an ideal world, it should be the one man, one woman, and one set of kids, one home. It's just it's just easier. Like it's it's just from a just to get your point across, just to kind of have that consistency, just to know like have one hub. It's just easier. Like we can't deny that. Um, and I can't deny that, mm-hmm. but life life doesn't always kind of go the way you want it to go. And those those difficulties will come about where you're not in the home as much as what you should be or could be. And so there's going to be other influences that you can't control just because just by the pure fact that you don't live in the same house as your child. However, just touching in what you said there, T, and it's not me talking directly to you. It's just talking to anyone that's going going through it consistency will win and it might feel like you're losing because you're battling but we all know as men and uh, a large large section of us 
have children and obviously obviously know each people that have children as well. We all know once that children are not young and little kids forever, are they? There's going to become a point where they start making decisions for themselves based on what they've learned from one parent or the other parent. And those decisions are going to kind of shape their life, their future, what circumstances they're going to get into. So as long as you know, and this is me speaking out loud, as long as you know that what you're trying to do is consistent, but also is the best thing for your child in terms of them getting transitioning into adult life. That's probably one of the, that's probably just, I don't know how to explain it. It's probably just a, an L we have to take until they get to come of an age where they start thinking for themselves. And it might even be where actually the child's playing up now as they get a bit older. And who's the first person they're going to come to, to try and correct the child? Who are they going to come to? <laughs> Don't even go there. Don't even go there. <laughs> so, that, so, that, so, that, so there's another podcast. But it is, yeah. it is, it is another podcast, and it's not. Once again, it's not a point scoring thing, but it's about that consistency. So, like we said, they're going to be younger, less for a less amount of time than they're going to be older. If that makes sense, you know what I mean. So, I know exactly what you mean about being on the losing side, but I always have to say to myself, just got to be consistent in what you believe in even if it's unpopular, as long as it's not hindering a child, uh, do what's right. And it should, and it should come through. Not always, because like I said, if they're in a different environment for a long period of time, that's a large chunk of time where they can be influenced, uh, where it's hard to kind of, uh, filter through to that, but you just got, you've just got to understand they're not going to be children forever. And they, they will eventually make their own decisions. Yeah. I'm Harks me back to what when um, when I was doing teaching, and you would be with that child, whether it be a uh, child with behavioural issues or any any type of uh, difficulty that they may be going through. You're with them from nine in the morning till three in the afternoon, working on these things about their personalities and how they behave and interact with people, knowing that they're going home to a place where that's not the same environment and not getting that same backing. So by the time they come back in the morning, it's like you're, it's unpicked. Everything that you've installed with that child that day, the day before, that week or whatever that term that you're having to work with again. It's the same principle that can happen within parenting in a separate household. I had a conversation with M not too long ago and you gave me the same analogy on the, the consistency the, that will win. The, um, you may seem like you're losing that for now, but if you stay and you know you're doing the right thing by your child, in the long run, it's going to work out better for you. It's a tough one to balance. It's definitely a, 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 a tough one to, to balance. So it's good to, to hear your... Yeah, go on, go ahead. Go just, just to interject, as we are on this particular platform, there's an added ingredient or an added kind of dimension of a blended family mm-hmm. when the races of the man and the woman or the woman and women or man and man, but the races, the races of the two adults are different because the, the blend also, or the conflicts also happen where there's a difference in upbringing because culture. of one's mm-hmm. culture. Um, so that can be a very difficult thing to kind of deal with or 
for the other person to understand, especially if you have a better understanding of the other mm-hmm. person's culture, then they have a better understanding of yours, then it's, it's very hard to kind of deal with. But if you know that the consistency or once again, I don't want to, I don't want it to be like, it's a, it's a game and it's like a battle of cultures. But if you know that an element of your cultural upbringing is right or, or is more suitable for the child that you have, because you know that how they're going to grow and what kind of circles they're going to be in or what environments or feelings or thoughts are going to be in, in comparison to what their parent might be, then I, that's another reason why you have to think, well, this is consistent for my child. We have to be real. If we've got children, whether they're black, mixed race, they're still going to be seen in the same light. We have to be, we, we need to let people understand that their experience of life from childhood to adulthood is not the same as, for example, a white person or a white child in the UK. Their experiences are never going to be the same. So if you, if the, mother of the child is white they will never fully understand in my opinion unless they actually want to talk and find to understand then what they won't understand maybe what you're trying to do t in terms of how you're trying to bring your child up what you're trying to do s Uh in terms of how you're trying to bring your child up and for k and j in the future if that was to that situation was to ever happen so there's another dynamic there so when we talk about blend there's like an extra blend that comes within certain relationships in the UK, mm-hmm. across the world. And that's key. That is key. Speak, speak, as, as Emma's spoken from experience, as will I, um, I'm also in a blended family. And it comes with its massive positives and pitfalls. But when I say pitfalls, you have to know that you're in a relationship where you can communicate. Because there's a learning to be done. You're, mixed, you're bringing in two different cultures within the same household. There's a learning to be done. Because if the learning is not done and accepted, hurdles will arise. Hurdles will arise. One person may feel comfortable enough to say certain things. Another person may feel comfortable enough to say certain things. But no one's talked about that. No one's talked about the elephant in, in the room. No, like... Why am I getting funny? Why am I getting funny? Look, this has happened to me, by the way. But, but why am I getting funny? Look, if I'm putting lemon and salt on my, on my chicken before before I, I'm put, cooking and seasoning it. Um, you said that, it. and in my head, I was thinking, I just wanted to see on the mic, watching the chicken, yeah, and you actually said it. <laughs> actually said it. Oh. But no, I'm just, it's just for the listeners. It's, the, it's probably the most like stark thing within a, within a Caribbean culture and, and outside of a Caribbean culture. I think we've probably all been in a situation whereby you're getting a funny look or in, in some of the group chats I, I, that I'm in, there's some people that don't wash, don't wash their meat and don't wash their, their chicken or whichever or their fish and clean it all out proper and everything and deep in the, the bones and all those things there. There's some people that don't do that. They're fully against it. They give the whole bacteria and the spreading of bacteria argument and all, and all, them, all them things there. So I've learned over time, I think back when we were at school, them times there when we were younger, you have a little cultural banter between like the different cultures at school, whatever. You know what I mean? You have a little joke about it. And washing your chicken and them kind of things there, your rice and your peas, they will come up in a bit of a joke. It would come up in a little bit of a joke. But it's something that I'm carrying through. I'm never going to stop doing. So I mean, I don't get the looks anymore because I took the opportunity to learn. So I'm showing, I'm showing after I've soaked the meat now, I'm showing all the 
stuff that comes off it, all the grit and the grime, and you don't want all them hairs. And I'm sure there's a learning thing. So now those looks don't happen to me. Do you know what I mean? So we have a little laugh and a joke about it. But within that, there is learning to, to be had. And I think with a blended family, that's just one example. But with a blended family, like Em ex- ex- explained, there's always opportunities for, for, for learning there. Always. Just a quick question before Kay adds his uh, comments. And this is a rhetorical question, but this is also a question that I pose to the group for, uh, uh, and a challenge for us to base a podcast around it. If we know, and when I say we, I'm included in this, if we know that these challenges happen, because there'll be people out there that will ask the yeah. question, if we know that these challenges happen within that type of blend uh, and uh, so the differences and having to kind of explain or get those funny looks, the question that I pose and that I want us to kind of address or talk about in a future date is why do we get into relationships where we know that's going to happen? Thank you very much. And like I said, that's, that's me. That's me. That's myself being in that situation myself. But I do feel we need to kind of delve deep into that. That, that there was exactly what I was referring to when I said about the elephant in the room. So, hmm. <laughs> um, that's to echo what M's and S you said there. Um, I think one thing we, we haven't touched on, I guess we may need to delve into this in another episode, is what we've learned. Now, if I knew the information I have now, Things would be different, right? So buzz, I, buzz, I, buzz, want, buzz, buzz. I want buzz. you as a listeners, especially, especially our young brothers and sisters out there, to hear me on this. Unsolicited advice. Yeah. Before you lay with someone, make sure you're on the same page. Before you lay with someone whether you've discussed about kids or not, make sure you actually sit down and have conversations about these things. What's your views on kids? How you want to raise them? What's your family like? Because guess what? When the two of you are involved, it's more than just the two of you. There's got to be a lot at play. That's my only thing I would say. Sorry. One more question on that because you just just before sorry Kay, but there's another question that we need to pose and that we need to challenge and we need to tackle just based on what you said there T. That's sound advice and that is advice that we do need to filter through to the younger generation. So certain mistakes or certain traps or pitfalls don't get walked into so easily. But my question, which we need to tackle, is in a society that is fast-paced um, where the pressures on young children are at an all-time high in my opinion of social media expectancies oh you haven't you haven't banged this you, have, you haven't done this like this whatever you know you know those type of pressures that you'll get and if not you get you'll get aired out socially how 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 can someone absorb the information that you've given tea but then have to go into reality of socially, what if I don't do this, if I don't sleep with this person, if I don't have this amount of girlfriends or lay with this person by this time, if I don't go abroad and do this, that and whatnot, then I'm going to be judged. How 
how can we how can we filter through that or how can young how can we educate young people to kind of actually take a step back and go slow down or it doesn't matter because it's easier said than done so that's just another question for another time mm, but I, was, I, was I just want ready. i just want i just want, <laughs> I, was ready for well, I, I just want i just want people to know because we as, as much as we do want to advise and this one of the reasons why we're doing this is to help not only the older generations but the younger generations these are the type of questions that may come back to us mm. in terms of, well you can say it but actually this is my reality mm. so we need to kind of be responsive and adaptive to whatever responses come our way sorry 100 100 100%. those questions these are the type of questions that i wanted to come out of this episode to be honest with you this is this is an emotive one it's this was one that leads on to a plethora of different things when it comes into your thinking and, and your decision making yeah okay talk to me g we're talking about blended families um Blended family, blended families, and and I guess the rise of blended families <laughs> that could be a that could be like a B movie. Um, <laughs> uh, I I have to go back to socialization, um, and I'll be brief. Um, when I talk about when when we talk about blended families, um, it's a factual situation of a failure of a previous relationship. Um, it's a amalgamation of multiple families within one home rather than one family unit. Um, whether they're part-time with the kids being there part-time and gone or the parents being part-time and then gone. Um, so we have to recognize that, um, that as that be, is becoming more common, it means that the commonality is that there's a failure of instilling long-term sustainable, uh, stable realm relationships. And we and yes, you lot spoke about loads of different aspects um, that can incorporate what a stable, consistent relationship is. And just with most decisions, most important decisions in our life, what advice would you give someone if they were going to get a mortgage, or they were going to buy a car, if they were going to invest in a stock, if they were going to pick a university course? What would you say? You say, do your research first. You say, look into it. What are the future prospects down this career path? What what is the the the, the interest rate for this um mortgage um loan? You would ask all these questions. However, when it comes down to sex and relations and children, we don't do that. And it is the utmost important decision. It's the utmost because guess what? When you get a college course, you can stop doing that at any point, and the college course ain't gonna follow you around for the rest of your life. When you fault on a mortgage, you lose the house, but then you can always get a second house and that previous mortgage, that previous home isn't gonna follow you around for the rest of your life. Same with, with a car, same with, same with a stock. You might lose on money, but you can always invest in another one and that previous stock won't follow you around for the rest of your life. However, with a child, it will. Yet we don't, yet we don't make the same decisions and we don't take the same time to research who we're having sex with, and when that child comes, what is the plan for that child? Well, it's supposed to be a better version of, of yourself. So why haven't you planned? These are and all questions that we know. cost you. That as well. These are all things that people don't ask. They, they, they almost roll, stumble and trip into it. And then, oh crap, I'm here now. Uh, now I've, I've got to be a man. Now I've got to be a woman. Now I've got to be an adult. Now I've got to stop going out and drinking. Now I've got to stop um, taking drugs. Now I've got to stop... Like, 
And unfortunately, because you haven't planned for that and you haven't wrapped up your life in, in, in a way that is stable for the child to happen, even if you are so, so adamant that you're going to make a big change for this child, the likelihood is you're going to revert back to being that child, again, yourself, being selfish, thinking as if you are only living for yourself. Yeah, because you're not really ready to be an adult. You're not really ready to be a parent. So that blended family is a result of a failure of realm relationships and relationship skills are something that, sorry, intimate real relationship skills is something that isn't taught. There's a mm -hmm. saying that, there's, there's, there's a saying that, oh, you get the birds and, and the bees talk with your parents, such and such. Are there really any educational outcomes around intimate realm relationships? around what sex really means? Or do parents advise their, for, for example, this is just general speaking, I'm not saying this has happened or such, but does a man tell his son when he hits 16, 17, 18, oh, you know what I mean, go out there, have a bit of fun. Or when they go to university, have a bit of fun, experiment, have a laugh. You know what I mean? Get yeah. your toes wet. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. What kind of advice is that? You're you're literally gonna trip trip your son up, but you think that's good advice because then you're gonna get sexual experience, and then after you get your sex experience, then you can grow up after university and etc. This that's just one example. On the flip side, when we talked about uh, in interracial real relationships in, in in regards to to blending, M touched on the aspect that I wanted to discuss. Um, as well, but we'll leave that for another podcast. Um, and I guess if we look at all the one step away from podcasts, there's been an element of uh, displaying a certain group of people who are in a deficit and how that deficit has been incorporated or portrayed onto us or done unto us by another group of people. I would also ask that same question with that as well in regards to socialization. That's for another podcast. Boom. Love that. Love that. That is us. That is a blend of us on our thoughts, our feelings, on parenting. I think we're discussing, we know that it's more than DNA. It's more than DNA because all my brothers here in this podcast, it's more than DNA. Do you know what I mean? Jay, would you say that it's definitely more than DNA? Yeah, definitely for sure. It's um, it's a bond that goes beyond relationships. It's a bond that, because of our shared struggled, our shared uh, uh feelings, thoughts, and feelings of being long suffering, and now having to think about how to raise a family on top of that. I think more than ever, we need each other to get through it. 100%. That. 100%. I love that. I love that. It definitely is more than DNA because I know for a fact, and it might be an old school mentality, but if any of my children were out on the street doing something unruly, or whatever, exactly or even in, <laughs> even, but well, even in the, even in a, even in a setting where we're in the same place, where I don't know we're at a barbecue mm -hmm. or anything like that. Any one of you, man, in in the right way, any one of you, man, can chat to them. And so it's not about DNA. 
by any one of you, man, and I know you would, especially if it was an 100%. external thing, in terms mm-hmm. of that parent, in terms of that parenting, in terms of that village mentality. That's, that's it, it has to be there. It has to be there because that not only shows, uh, obviously, nationhood mm-hmm. and, and brotherhood, but it, for the children, it showed, oh my word, actually, these elders are on the same level. Because So now I can't, now I have to be more conscious of how I move because no matter where, what geography I am in, I could be seen by someone of my dad's unit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's definitely more than DNA, brothers. Definitely more than DNA. 100%, man. Um, parenting is, is, and you touched on a very big point there, Em. Um, you don't necessarily have to be that child's parent to parent them. And, and that's something that's lost. And um, I think when I mentioned the recent development of social uh, or society, um, the, 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 I think the first thing, the first point on there, if I go back to the book now, um, the first point on there says, clans and other king groups de- de- declining their influence. So that whole village mentality, that clan, that group, that kinsman, yeah that their influence is declining because you're not my dad. You're not my mom. You ain't telling me nothing. Whereas if a child is brought up with respect with the nationhood in mind, they know when they see their father's friend or their mother's friend, they see their mother and they see their father. And they will have a respect where I could discipline one of your children, one of your children by saying, hey, I, what, I, what I tell you, you know that you're doing wrong, right? Hey, look at me when I'm talking to you, man. And the father won't be on my back. He'll be on the child's back saying, listen to him. Yeah, that's lost. That's the so child lost now. I wouldn't even tell the dad. I grew up around this. Mm. The disciplining will happen out there and it's between you two. You wouldn't even dare go and say, dad, this happened because you know you're getting disciplined again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You couldn't move. You couldn't move like a certain way in your certain environment. You knew you had to come correct. And what how Kay said that is that is that's very sparse to see now. That is very very sparse. Like we all link up with with our family and children in a setting and things like that, you know. And I can see it happening. I can see it happening across the garden. I can see it happening in the environment that. I'm not the only father here. Do you know what I mean? I can come in and help do other things around the yard to help the family party keep going. But I know that there's another five fathers in that garden. Mm. And if it goes down as well, it just doesn't stop the parenting. He teaches discipline among social rank in terms of elders as well. Yep. If you've got an elder brother, elder mm. cousin, you know that's your elder. So you mm-hmm. respect that's lost now as well. Because I was just gonna say that too. Exactly. Say so thing. it it filters down. Don't take these things lightly. And like we all said here, Kay, you mentioned it. This decision is the biggest out of anything you've ever done in your life. Just make sure you're making the right one. It's it's it definitely is and what we need to reconnect with and society has pulled us all away, but even amongst your own siblings like for like for me growing up i could go to my aunties i know that i've got to still be correct because my auntie like at the authority level is just switched over you know what i mean like in terms of so how how i'm acting at my aunties is how i need to act mm-hmm. at my mum's vice versa mm-hmm. 
or uncles or whatever like that. And so if we if you've got siblings out there and whatnot, reconnect with them because they made like fa- family is so important. And sometimes your children need will need to will need to be around them. And there's there is a lot a lack of children understand what the roles of different family members as well, like uncles or aunties mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Um, and that hurts me, man, just because I I was in the generation where that was such a strong thing. You know what I mean? It was such oh, a strong yeah. pivotal yeah. part of, of the family unit where the word uncle and auntie meant something. Mm-hmm. And I just don't think that means anything as more, it doesn't mean as much mm-hmm. as it used to be. Like this, like for, this is a personal thing for me. This is a personal thing for me. So I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not trying to, touch it on anyone's personal preference but even when i see kids call their uncle or aunties by their first name i'm like ooh, like it just doesn't <laughs> it just doesn't it just doesn't sit you, well bro. with me it's man it's not just you anyone who's older than you shouldn't exactly be like that. yeah, that's exactly that's how i was raised that's how i was raised and that's exactly how i was if i see an elder it's mrs so-and-so or, or exactly. it's it's Mr. So and So. Do you know what I mean? Or, uh, like within like let's take a bit morbid, but let's take this um uh, example. Say if someone in the black community dies, yeah, you're in town, whatever, getting on with your business. Like you see, do you see uh, an elder of the community? You speak to them, they ask you about your family, you ask them about them, and they go, oh, you know that so and so the past. And I was like, oh, no, no, I don't know. I'll pass that on to my granddaddy. And then I tell her, you grandfather probably already know. But then I'll still pass on that piece of information when I get home. Oh, so-and-so is passed on. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tinder tell me last night. Um, but it still gets around like that. And the community comes together and you'll celebrate that person's life. Do you, do you know what I mean? It's all about coming, coming correct. And that, that, only happens, that only happens when someone passed, bro. Exactly. I'm exactly my point. That only happens when someone passed and that essence there is is it's got dilution. It's got diluted. But yeah, I like that, you know. I like that. This is us. Parenting is more than DNA. It takes a village to raise a child. You can have positive role models around that as well. We discussed a few points tonight. Hopefully that's food for thought for you, for the listeners and the viewers. Yeah. Keep in touch. We're on all the socials, Instagram, YouTube, iTunes, Spotify. Give us a follow. Turn the notifications on. We'll let you know when things are popping and you can lend us your ears. We're one step away from. I hope you enjoyed this episode.